What's up, yo, this is 50 Cent. What's up, y'all? I'm Beyonce. What's going on? It's your boy Drizzy Drake, and you are now rocking with my homie. The Crystal Show. You are right where you want to be. Get your browser on the campus, i.e. Firefox, Chrome, Safari. Get on it. Get on the Crystal Show right now. I am Crystal Hickerson, and I would like to welcome you all to the Crystal Show. There's too many free meals out here, folks. Hey, look, hey. Pick something. I want the cheddar biscuits. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's going to be cool. It's going to be nice. We're going to talk. We're going to get real down and dirty. Hi, guys. My name's Bessie. You're on the Crystal Show. I didn't call for you to make fun of me. I, 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 I was not, not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you and a little bit at you. People say, well, don't talk about religion and politics. I say, right. yes, talk about it. Talk about it. Because what do you want to go to a boring cocktail party? <laughs> I don't like her. I mean, how how old are we? What grade are we in? One man, American crime wave. Because the feds knew. Y'all might have to come back, and that's going to be a whole different show altogether. That's what I'm talking about. I, 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 I. Make some noise. All right, what's up, everybody? This is Crystal with the Crystal Show, and it is Thursday night, November 6, 2014. Thank you so much for tuning in live. And um, I just want you to know that we are so excited um, for the show tonight. We're excited about a guest coming on. We are excited that you are here listening, whether you're listening live or whether you're listening to the podcast. And we know that you're here. We know that you're listening because we see you. <laughs> anyway, um, again, thanks so much for coming on. Now, if you want to call in to talk to our guests, to um, to talk about the topics we're discussing, or to just listen in, all you have to do is dial 657 383 zero five five four that's six five seven three three zero five five four and you can talk to our guests just respond to whatever we're talking about or you can simply just listen to the show to connect to the crystal show make sure that you like us on facebook at the crystal show one and follow us on twitter at crystal show one also you can join in on the live tweet chat um at get crystallized and that's hashtag get crystallized but for all the information including how to be a guest on the show uh, and what's coming up on the show and what guests will be coming up what topics we'll be talking about all you have to do is go to our official website which is thecrystalshow.com and tonight as always, we do have an official sponsor, which is Awesome Vacation Ideas. So let's take take a listen. We have Awesome Vacation Ideas uh, as the name based on what people are telling me uh, from the trips that we plan for. Our, our primary specialty is uh, anniversary trips, uh, honeymoon, and uh, graduation trips. Uh, those are our three okay. main uh, targets uh, right there. Uh, most people pick us just because we do extensive research and planning out, uh, giving the customer detailed itineraries of their trip. We give them tips on possibly where to eat, on where they need to stay, you know, different places they need to uh, maybe take some sights in or some good places to take photos. But more importantly than that, we also try to bring value to the customer 
but valuable information in regards to helping customers attract customers to their website and build up their brand. Now, please tell us again, where can we find you on the web to get started? Well, first, if, if a person wants to just uh, allow us to plan their vacation, it's best that they contact us at Awesome Vacation Ideas. And uh, we have a contact page where they can send us an email or they can uh, request a quote. And we'll respond to that uh, via email at info at awesomevacationideas.com. But if you're, but if they're an entrepreneur, or a business owner, or someone wanting to get uh, started online, uh, we actually have two websites. Uh, one for the actual Stage 3.0 platform. If, if they want more information about that, they can go to uh, gostage.com. That's gostage.com. Uh, when they go there, it's a short uh, two-minute video just explaining how the platform can help them attract more customers. It's a free account as long as they. Um, open up the account uh, is theirs indefinitely so so they don't have to be bombarded with a whole bunch of offers or whatever but uh, there there is a, a premium package on that if, if they want to drive even more traffic for those that are just browsing just want to get educated it's best that they go to uh, go twitter builder com on that page we have uh, tons of resources in regards to other business tips and ideas I have a uh, uh, business tutorials what I actually show you how to set up a Facebook campaign from start to finish uh, giving you an in-depth look at stage 3.0 so between those three uh, websites uh, they'll be able to get whatever information that they're looking for either at awesome vacation ideas for a vacation just general uh, internet marketing business information at gotwitterbuilder.com and if they want more information about Stage 3.0 and how that can help them attract more customers, just go to gostageit.com. That's gostageit.com. But 
first and foremost, we're going to talk about the main plot line. The movie is about a a young man by the name of Jeremy, and he was born with a very unique and strange condition. He has the uncanny ability to deflect any physical attack and and its pain associated to the attack to the attacker's closest relationship, whoever he or she may be. And uh, he was born with this ability, uh, and... And you can imagine as a as a young boy in a small town, he was, you know, it's written that he was bullied by the neighborhood kids. And mm-hmm. when he was very young, you know, uh, one instance triggered the boomerang effect. His mother saw it happen, and, and his mother, being very protective, knew full well about her son's condition, and she had the foresight to hide his son from the rest of the town. So, you know, he was homeschooled, he was kept out of the public. You know, she was afraid that if any of the quote-unquote authorities found out about his condition, they would become knocking on her door. So right. that's how the movie begins. And and what happens is that, well, the mother has an untimely heart attack. And Jeremy, still as a young man, uh, 18, 19 or so, he's now forced to 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 venture out into this town on his own for the first time. And Mm. while he's no dummy, he's not very street smart. Uh, He doesn't have the social skills uh, that other kids uh, uh, his age should have because he was kept at home all his life. So now that he's forced to do things on his own, he encounters all the ugly personalities that a decaying society produces, you know, people right. who lack empathy or who are hypocritical in character. And while these are people that, you know, everyday folks like you and I would encounter on a daily basis and pay no mind to it, and we're sort of numb to those personalities, and mm-hmm. you know, we can shrug them off. Jeremy, on the other hand, he sees these people for the first time, and it takes a while for him to process it. And in the process, he gets bullied because that's that's what people do, and that's that's mm-hmm. the basic concept of the film. That's that's the main plot, and the backstory de- deals with you know other issues, uh, issues that you see in the news every day: police brutality, violence, corrupt banking processes. Um, right. institutionalized corruption, hypocrisy in authority figures, you know, people with flawed characters and weak traits. So that's the backdrop of the movie. That's the character. He, I mean, he just unwinds and finds his way, you know, finds his way through society, so to speak. Now, what I find interesting about this concept is the fact that what really is happening is he is – it's the, the the idea of of what you send out comes back to you threefold. Um, the fact that he whatever is done to him gets done to the actual perpetrator to their loved one, so they get to feel what they have given to him. Correct. Exactly. It's a in a way you can categorize this movie as a revenge movie genre but it's a revenge movie with a spiritual twist <laughs> so right. to speak yeah. he has this you know he has the the ability to deflect energies 
back to the perpetrator, but what is more perfect for revenge, back to the perpetrator, he or she, or to the person uh, that the perpetrator cares most about? Right. Um, I think for a lot of people, the pain is, is, is a lot worse if what you're doing to somebody boomerangs back to someone that you really care about versus yourself. Hey. Exactly, because a lot of times we can take whatever, and and those people who are in mean spirited and bullies, they tend to they've had their own pain, so they t- they're used to pain. They're you know they can take it and they can you know dish it and take it. But um, when it comes to maybe their mother or their sister or someone that they love, they can't take it. That's part of you know their kind of protection. So I think that's a great idea. Now, what made you think? of this particular plot line? Well, I don't want to sound too new agey for your audience, but <laughs> I've sort of been a practitioner of energy healing for some time now, an okay. amateur philosopher of various spiritual modalities. I've also been a classical feng shui practitioner for many years. So mm. just using my own experience and and melting it in with uh, drama um, narrative drama. Uh, I came up with this story, and you know the basis of it is that my personal philosophy is that there is much more to our reality than uh, our three-dimensional world. That we exist on various planes: mental, emotional, physical, psychological, psychic, and spiritual. And uh, We do things to ourselves, and we don't realize that it is our mental and emotional state that affects us physically and other people. It's it's a Taoist approach of yin and yang, or a binary approach of, you know, of of seeing, you know, uh, of cause and effect, of karma and um, um, unintended consequences. So that was the underlying basis philosophy of the film moving forward. And um, in this philosophy, karma and unintended consequences are the elements that I work with. So using mm-hmm. this as a base for Jeremy's condition was the genesis of the movie's premise. Okay. Now, um, now you've been working, you know, in the movie business for, for quite a while, you know, behind the scenes. Uh, how long have you been wanting to just go out and do your own thing and direct and write? Well, <laughs> I think anybody who's who's worked in this industry has always had the idea of directing a film and 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 doing something. Um, I've been working in this industry for a long time, and and directing mm-hmm. and making a film has been on my bucket list for quite a while. Uh, okay. I worked uh, in television as a director and writer and marketer. Uh, for many different studios, ABC. I, I was uh, I was an employee of ABC as a writer producer for for many years, writing and directing, producing, marketing on their campaigns for their mm-hmm. shows and movies. Um, I later left the network and I formed my own creative company that provided many of the major distributors for film and television uh, its campaigns and its on-air promos for their movies and for their shows. I was doing that for almost 20 years. Okay. Um, so in a way, I have a. By doing that, I developed an innate sense of what movies and what shows would probably be successful 
and which vehicles were were doomed to failure. My hunches were pretty good, so I thought to myself, hmm, I bet I could probably create a show or a movie that had a better than 50-50 chance of success. So that was my my inspiration for making this film. That's always good. (laughs) Yeah. That's always good to at least know a little bit about the business before you you get out there, because I know – you know, we we do our writing and we do our dreaming and maybe even, you know, those travel to L.A. and try to get their their voices heard, but they find themselves, you know, lost in the sea of, of nothingness <laughs> when it comes to Hollywood. Um, so for you, is this going to be, now being an independent, um, do you feel that, this will be like a launching pad for more types of directing projects or writing projects for you. You know, I, I hope so. Uh, I've been a producer of, of various uh, films in addition to this. In fact, I'm, I'm working on two other films right now, not as a director, but as an executive producer. And okay. both these films are poignant dramas as well. Um, so um, I don't know. I mean, I've uh, I've started writing another uh, another project. We'll see how that mm-hmm. goes, you know. But mm-hmm. my main thrust right now is really in distribution. I, we finished the movie. Uh, right. I'm really proud of it in, in many ways because while it is an indie movie, uh, mm-hmm. it doesn't look like an indie movie. It looks like a studio picture because of the performances of our actors. Uh, because of the uh, production values that we have in the movie. Right, and, okay. um, you know, the brass ring is like, I'm, I'm trying to bring young, fresh faces to the screen, uh, talented people who are hungry but are absolutely talented. And there's so mm-hmm. many talented people here in town, and they just never get the chance. So, hey, why not? You know, this is a small-budget film. I can't afford the big, big A-list actors anyway. Why can't I go after you know, very young and talented people who are there, you know, give them a chance to prove themselves. And, you know, one of the goals is if I can bring one of these actors and and turn them into a a household name, I've succeeded. It's, it's, it was one of my goals in making this film. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we do have a caller on the line and I'm going to see if they would like to ask you a question. Um, Hey, you're on the line. Would you like to ask uh, Dennis Hall a question regarding his new film? Well, would you like some Southern Comfort? Uh, yes, I would. It's been the Monday that would not end, and it's Thursday. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Actually, I mean, I have a question, and Shaughnessy's sitting here listening to the show, too, and um uh, after I asked my question, she wants to ask him a couple of questions. Um, okay. I have been working on, to be honest with you, I don't know the first thing about writing a script. <laughs> but I've been, um, this is this is a story, it's based on a true story. And I have been writing the story out and how I want it to start, how I want it to, the scenes and all the different scenarios and everything that I want to go, uh, want to go on in the movie 
beginning, middle, and end, just freehand writing it out. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you go about? How, how would I go about submitting um, my script story to someone that you know knows more of, of what I'm doing? That uh, it's kind of hard to explain. Okay, but, all right. Um, yeah, I, I want to find. Um, I want to I want to find a way to to get this story um, on film. Well, it let me answer your question uh, in several ways. Uh, first of all, I did not go through a process of su- submitting my script to anyone. I knew what I wanted to do, and <laughs> one of my goals w- was to produce a film, direct a film without studio intervention. Um, uh-huh. I did not want a third party telling me how to produce or how to write my story. So doing an independent film afforded me that opportunity to actually create a film. That's exactly and, and, what and I want to do. That's exactly how I want to do it because I want to be end, able to direct it. I know the story. This is my story. Right. But in the end, you have to sell it, okay? In the end, you have to sell uh-huh. it. Um, exactly. It may be the best story you've ever written since whatever, but... You know, uh, people in Hollywood are pretty jaded. You know, they they think they've read and seen everything already. So you've got to add that special sauce to your script. I mean, what makes your story so special? What makes it different from other stories a, within the well, same it's genre? True it's true. It's a true. It's a true story, um, and it follows um, my life as a dancer. Well, I was a dancer for 15 years, and how I got into the, you know, how I got into the business, all the things I encountered, real the way it is. I'm not talking showgirls. I'm not talking Demi Moore striptease, that kind of BS. The real stuff I encountered, the drug abuse, the, the just stuff you would not believe. It seems and like I it's a story be, with. It seems like your story has a lot of heart to it. Mm-hmm. Like, is that correct? I want people to see the real world of what a dancer's life is like. What it's really all about. I remember before I ever stepped foot in a strip club, I had this idea in my head of it. And my boyfriend wanted to go shoot pool one night, but he did not want to go to the club we always went to because we wanted to be alone. We didn't want our friends bugging us and everything. We wanted a night to ourselves. So he said, let's go to the strip club. Mm-hmm. And I was terrified walking in. I'm like all clutched up to him, you know, like daring some girl to look at him, you know, everything. And I walk in, and I'm like, oh, my God. You know, this is nothing like what I expected. And then when I got into that life, I mean, people would just be absolutely floored at all the things I encountered. And the, and I will say characters, the people that I encountered, the girls and their issues, the friends that I lost to drugs, and just... Um, and well, yeah, it, I would say Amy is a very Crystal is a very knows my story. Crystal's heard my story. Right. She hadn't heard all of it, but she heard the biggest portion of it. 
Right. It's it's a hard thing, you know, you write you write your story and you put your things down on, on paper and first that's what you have to do. But yeah, as you were saying, Dennis, you know, um Hollywood has heard and they probably have seen lots and lots of, of different stories out there, but their goal is mainly to sell it. Can I sell it? What Correct. you know, they have to have a passion for it. It's a, you know what it uh it sounds like a very heart-wrenching story, and there are many heart-wrenching stories out there. Everybody, I think everybody has a story to tell. Now, with regard to filmmaking, however, it's the collaboration process. You know, mm-hmm. writing a script and writing a successful script is a process. It does take a certain amount of experience, know-how, and training to put a three-act play together for film. Mm-hmm. And if you've never done that before... It's going to be hard trying to yeah. get your script and someone, you know, put put it on on the studio's desk and have someone take a look at it and say, "Wow, this is a great story." But if it's not written properly, if the protagonists and antagonists are not pitted together in a way that's very engaging, if the dialogue is not crisp, if there aren't any twists within your story or your subplots, uh, mm-hmm. it's going to be hard to sell. So I believe yeah. that everybody's got a great story to tell, but how you tell it is the difference whether you're, it's going to uh, have any chance of becoming a film or not. I mean, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I am not the screenplay writer for my own movie. I wrote the story. I directed mm-hmm. it. I edited it. I'm the executive producer. But I knew better yeah. than to... Uh, I knew better than to submit a script or put a script together uh and and not having to ever have written a, a, a screenplay before, so I enlisted the aid of another screenplay writer, you know, uh, uh, who I gave him my story, I, I told him who my characters were, I structured out the entire story, and he put That's words and dialogue yeah, into my characters that were just, he, he just made the story sing. It was just, it was a beautiful mm-hmm. thing when he, when he brought right. the script back to me. So it's a collaboration process. You have to understand and, and be honest with yourself as to where your strengths lie and where your deficiencies are. And, mm-hmm. and, and you need to augment your deficiencies with other people into your team and making sure that they can, can bolster your weaknesses and, 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 you know, and just fill in the gaps for you. It's very important. Well, I've got my best friend working on it with me because she's actually part of the story. Um, it's, it's, we're, we're kind of like, um, whoo, Snooky and JWoww um, <laughs> exploded, literally. Snooky and JWoww exploded, okay? And uh, so she is part of the story, and um, it, it um, you know, our encounter, how we met. She wanted to beat my ass when we first met. We've been best friends now for over 20 years. And, <laughs> but, yeah, she... Did you say that Shaughnessy had a question right quick? Yeah, yeah, hold on just a minute. She's the little actress. She's the little actress in the family, and she's the one that's interested in getting into to, to film and doing so. Here she is. Her name's Shaughnessy. Hi. Hey, Shaughnessy. Um, What's your question? Um. Well, I, I'm only 16. I'm still in high school, but I've decided that 
working in the film industry is what I want to do with my life because I am obsessed with TVs and movies and stuff. Um, what kind of advice would you give me about making it in that industry? Because I know that's kind of one of the hardest industries to make it into. Well, you have picked one of the hardest industries to make it into, and as an mm-hmm. actor or actress, that's, you know, it's even, it's it's very, very difficult. Not impossible, but very, very difficult. Um, my advice would be to take as many acting classes as you possibly can. As yeah, many- I mean, I want to work more behind the scenes. I mean, I do theater right now. But I'd rather work behind the scenes. Like, I really want to do script writing and filming. I'm actually, I have a film class that I'm taking next semester in my school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, okay, I'm I'm confused. I, I, I thought you wanted to be an actress. Uh, or did you want to be in production? Production. Which is it? Oh, you want to be no. in production. Not not, yeah. as, not in front of the camera, but behind the camera. Down, <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, I you know get us finish finish high school, go to college. If you can major in film, television, uh, anything that is creative, it it is going to help you. And and try to get in at the bottom floor as a production assistant on any production you can possibly uh, get yourself into, and just learn the business from the ground up and and meet people and just know that whoever you meet, they may be a lowly production assistant today, but in two years they could be running a production studio. You have no idea. So you've got to be nice to everybody, nice to everyone, because you have no idea where they're going to be uh, later on in life, and you do not want to burn any bridges. And as you're doing this, you want to... I know a lot about that. (laughs) (laughs) Learn as much as you can from the seasoned pros who've been doing it. And if you work for free and you've got a great work ethic and nothing gets you down, you know you're going to make it in the industry. You know I have no yeah. doubt in my mind that people with the right work ethic will always succeed. All right, thank uh, thank you, Amy. <laughs> thank you, Shaughnessy. Thank you. Um, yeah, just hold on, and uh, we'll come back to you later on in the show. All right. Well, thank you so much, Dennis, for those advice. I mean, definitely, kids, stay in school. <laughs> and work ethic. Work ethic is, um, no matter what you're doing, that's that's the key. What you should do is definitely do it for free first so you can learn. When you're Especially, young and you're inexperienced, mm, it's never about the money. It's always right. about gaining experience. Experience will trump money any day of the week when you're when you're trying to get into the business. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Dennis, for coming on to the show. And let us know where we can find a better place so we can check it out. Um, I know I have the trailer on, on my Facebook page, and I have it all over. But um, where where can we find it to? Well, if you're a Facebook a user, you can absolutely follow us on Facebook, A Better Place. Okay. Uh, there, we have a website, abetterplacethemovie.com. You can follow that as well. And hopefully we should be able to secure distribution in, in a short time, and we will have this movie available uh, for VOD, DVD, possibly for theatrical as well. So just keep All an right. eye out for it. 
All right. Oh, it definitely. Well, it's, it's it's an amazing concept. I was very very interested in that twist that, you know, goes out what goes out comes right back. I love that. Absolutely. I love that. That's a, that sounds like a very good moral story as well for for everyone to to remember <laughs> when they're just spouting off and putting out being a bully or negativity that it you know that's what causes the negativity within your life it comes right back it boomerangs and and that was the beginning that was the first uh title to your to your story right yes it was it was boomerang <laughs> yeah yeah cuz that that's really what it is it's a boomerang effect it comes right back to you <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Dennis, for uh, coming on to the show. We really appreciate you. Oh, absolutely. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, everyone. That was Dennis Ho. He's the director of the new film uh, that is coming out called The Better Place. And like I said, it was it's a very interesting. Uh, topic, very interesting um, plot theory. So take uh, heed to that. Again, go to a better place, themovie.com, and check it out. Um, right now, we will continue on with our guests. We have another guest, Donna Jackson, who is a uh, gospel singer, a recording artist, and she has a very, very beautiful song. That is out that I want to talk to her about. It's called um, The Pastor Song, and um, I want to get into that with her. So uh, let's welcome Donna Jackson to The Crystal Show. Hello, Donna. Hi. I am doing great, and thank you so much for coming on to the show. And um, let's talk about your new song um, that is out, or or is it new? I know you have quite a bit that's going on um, that's out right now. Well, um, first of all, Crystal, I just want to say that um, this is just such a blessing to be on your show tonight. And I looked you up on um the internet and you're a beautiful lady. You really are. And I can tell you have a beautiful a beautiful spirit as well. And oh, um you know, you be- radiates from the inside out, you know, that's what I believe that you're just a beautiful lady. It's just a blessing to be on your show and um the song Pastor Song is a song the Lord gave me for my pastor, um I believe it was back in two thousand two. And um the story behind it, do you want me to share that now or, or wait a oh, little yes. bit? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, please. No, go ahead. <laughs> I just started um, talking away. <laughs> well, <laughs> one of the deacon's wives, she said, uh, Donna's clergy appreciation day is tomorrow, and we need you to sing a song. And I thought, um, okay. And she said, yeah, we need you to sing something, you know, that that's for the pastor. Um, do you have anything in mind? I said, well, um, let me let me think about it. Let me see. Let me see what I can come up with. I'll call you back. Mm-hmm. Well, I had no song in mind. Um, the song Thank You for Giving to the Lord uh, by Ray Boltz had been, you know, sung at our church many, many times. So I didn't really want to sing. You know, it's a beautiful song. I just didn't want to, you know, sing that one. Mm-hmm. So, right. I said, you know, <laughs> I said, Lord, I said, you know, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And I lived way out in the boonies in uh, South Georgia. <laughs> About about an hour and a half outside of Savannah, Georgia, okay. and I didn't have 
yep, didn't have a vehicle, so my husband was using my car, so I thought, you know what, um, God, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have no way to get to the store, and the Lord just spoke to me. He said, Donna, I'm going to give you a song. And I thought, mm. really? And I said, but God, I've got to sing tomorrow. I, I, I didn't even understand how that was possible, and the Lord just spoke to my spirit. He said, get in the house, and I'm going to give you the song. So I sat down, and it wasn't long after that that, you know, it's kind of neat how it happened. I mean, most songs are not written that way. Most of the songs I've written are not written that way. I get pieces at a time, you know, most of the time. But God gave Mm -hmm. me the entire song in about an hour. And I went to church on Sunday morning, sang the church, um, sang um, the song at the church. And, you know, to my surprise, I was not expecting this. But everyone stood up and gave a standing ovation. One of the guys in the church um, played the acoustic guitar, and he got the chords down. I came in like an hour before church. I said, hey, Mike, can you, um, can you play this song for me? And he said, um, I don't know. Let's see. And, and he listened to the song, and, and yeah, he pulled it together very quickly, did a great job. But, yeah, I mean, the Lord really blessed that Sunday. And later on when I made my album Rescue Me, um, the Lord just prompted me to put that uh, song on my album. In a way, I didn't want to because I thought, you know, this song is, is more of a personal song for my pastor. And then right, my producer yeah. said, no, yeah, no, Donna, go ahead and put it on my album. He said it will actually, you know, touch a lot of pastors out there because pastors do go through a lot. And, um, well, we're all going through a lot, you know, let's face it. But when you're the pastor, um, you know, the enemy attacks you the hardest. So this song's really been an encouragement to pastors. And you know what? I have heard many gospel songs, and not many sing about the pastor. (laughs) You know, they sing about Jesus. They sing about God. Of course, you know they 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 even sing about the choir and the and, and the beautiful voices. But there's not many songs that are sung specifically about the pastor and when I heard your song I was like wow that's interesting and I wonder why that is I don't maybe it's a um I don't know maybe they feel well we shouldn't raise him up too much you know what I mean maybe we should just raise up God but I I thought that was very very good that this song was made because it should be because people feel that way in the congregation you know, they they feel uh, uh, and and you know it's not just I I you, that you want to um, say I love my pastor so much and and that it's above God or anything like that, yeah, but just right. say here is this man or woman who you know who has who are leading us and let's why not he's he has a hard job and and a lot you know you know get criticized in in the media. And, uh, you know, so, and the oh, few, yeah. you know, that, that peppers it, you know, it doesn't make for a good, um, for a good thing. But, but no, I, I, w- I was really surprised by the song and I, and I thought it was a good thing that, that it was done because yeah, not many have been. I was thinking, you know, now you have um now you you have a new album out called Crossroads Music. Is that is that um correct of what what's going on now with you? Yeah, I lost you there for just a second, Crystal. I'm, I'm glad uh, I'm glad you came oh. back on there. 
But yeah, um, I was listening to what you said about the the pastor song. I just want to quickly mention this. You know, pastors are just um, everyday you know folks. I mean, we're you know we're all everyday folks. You know, we're all. I mean, if you're saved and you're listening to this show and you've accepted Christ into your heart, you know, God says there's no one righteous, no not one. But okay. you know, pastors are just normal people. But you know what? The reason um, I believe God gave me this song is to encourage them because. You know what? Pastors need encouragement just like you and I do, just like everyone listening needs encouragement. We all, right. you know, want to be doing a great job. But yeah, the new album is entitled Hold On to Your Dreams. Okay. And that's something that God has really been, um, you know, showing me, especially mm-hmm. in the past two or three years, not to, you know, never give up. Never give up. Hold on to your dreams. Because you know what? A lot of people give up right before their miracle you know, is about to happen. So, oh yeah, God, yeah, yeah. God does not want us to be, um, you know, a quitter. Um, he designed us to be winners, and that's what this album is about: holding on to your dreams. Okay, now um, I want to see if uh, Amy has a question for you, Donna. Do- Amy, do you have any a question for Donna? Uh, no, just wanted to uh, say uh, say hello to a fellow Southern girl. I'm from uh, <laughs> I live here. I live in Central Arkansas, and I knew the minute I heard your voice, I'm like, she sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, she's from the south. She's yeah. from the south because she talks just like me. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you definitely have a country accent. I tell you what, Arkansas is a beautiful state. Absolutely beautiful. Well, thank you. It really is. And I went to Arkansas um, earlier this year, and uh, yeah, it's just it's gorgeous. But it's a, a pleasure to talk with you, honey. Great to talk with you. You too. Have you ever been to the uh, Have you ever been to the Old Mill in in uh, North Little Rock? No, no, but I'd like to go. Maybe the sometime opening scene of Gone with the Wind was filmed at the Old Mill in North Little Rock. It's be it's absolutely beautiful. It's oh, wow. the most beautiful place I've ever seen. Oh yeah, it's look it up online sometimes. It's called, it's called the Old Mill um, in North Little Rock, Arkansas, and it's beautiful. I've done um, photo shoots my kids there, and um, it's just it's I love I love that place. But yeah, I love all the naturistic. Um, Parts of Arkansas. I think about getting out of here all the time because there's so much of the world I want to see. But it's like I would be almost be terrified <laughs> of, uh, of of going anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. Home is well, a good place for sure. All right. Well, thanks, Amy. Yeah. Thanks, okay, for well, Amy. You too. Is she, still, is she still there, or did Amy, Amy go? But anyway, it's, a, it's I'm nice still to talk. Here. I'm still here. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, uh, Donna, uh, well, I, I definitely want to make sure that everyone knows where they can find you, and um, what do you have coming up for them? Well, um, I'm going to be in Branson, Missouri. This November the 11th through the 14th, and I'll be performing at the Dutton Family Theater. 
I'll be opening for a, a famous fella, what I understand, um, and he has an amazing voice. I've actually looked him up on YouTube. His name's George Dyer, but he has an amazing oh, okay. voice. He's a, he's an opera singer, so I'll be opening for him. And you know, I just I just want to be an available, willing servant. That's that's my prayer. And for all those out there listening, um, God healed me of cancer. He healed me mm. of cancer twice. Uh, the devil tried to steal my voice. I couldn't hardly speak. Oh. And, um, yeah, yeah, and it, it was mm-hmm. a very tough thing to go through. And I love to sing just like a football player loves to play football. And it was very scary for me because I did nearly lose my voice. And um, went to the doctor. They said, you have um, you have thyroid cancer. Mm-hmm. So a lot, a lot of folks were praying for me. You know, the Lord allowed me to go through that surgery. And, you know, I was told I could lose my voice um, in having that surgery, but God did not let that happen. And when I went to the oncologist, he said, you know, Donna, I don't see any cancer. And the doctor told me that the thyroid tumor was full of cancer. But the Lord spoke to me and told me he was going to heal me, and he did. And then a year later, Crystal, there were two polyps, a cyst and a busted blood vessel on my vocal cords. And the doctor told me, Donna, these polyps are cancerous. You need surgery right away. Well, I went to a revival Mm. in Brunswick, Georgia, and Mm -hmm. a man of God laid on me. I felt the power of God. And to make a long story short, I went back to the doctor to have my surgery scheduled. And the doctor, um, you know, he he took the camera and placed it down into my throat, looked at my vocal cords. He was, you know, I was there to have my surgery scheduled, but I knew God healed me. I felt the power of God when that a pastor prayed for me in Brunswick, Georgia. Well, when the doctor looked at my vocal cords, he looked very puzzled, and he just sat there for a little bit, and he kept looking around, and he kept looking around. And Crystal, I looked at him, and I said, is everything okay? He said, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. He said, um, Donna, you don't, you don't need the surgery. He said, your vocal cords look perfect. God miraculously removed two polyps, a cyst, and a busted blood vessel off my vocal cords. Oh, I never wow. had a. And you know what? Five years later, my voice just keeps getting stronger and stronger, and my voice is getting higher even. So, you know, we serve a miracle work in God. Well, you are so right about that because let me tell you something. I have had my struggles with cancer myself and um I went through this last year with breast cancer and I got they called the medicine they were giving me the, you know the red devil <laughs> and that's exactly what they called it and um I didn't know what they were talking about you know and um until I was going through the chemo and I said, at the end of it, I said, you know what? That name, the Red Devil, is perfect for this treatment. I don't know who said it first, but they were right. But let me tell you something. I am through it. I am on the other side of it. And I am blessed by it because I am stronger. And you're right. You're right. You know, God has his plan for you, and it doesn't matter what comes your way, whatever you are meant to do on this earth, you will do, and there's nothing that can stop it. So you know what? I, I, I love the way you think, and you know what? That is exactly right. 
And, you know, people out there that are wanting to give up and quit, maybe they're battling cancer like you did, um, Crystal. You know, people are really going through a lot, and they're turning to things that are really destructive, you know, and, and it's easy to do. You know, because when you're hurting, you're just, you just feel like you want to die sometimes. I mean, I've been there many, many times. And you're talking to a lady who was physically and emotionally abused by her ex-husband for 14 years. And thanks be unto God, I have a husband now that has never abused me. He's a wonderful man, and, and God really gave me a, a, a wonderful man. I mean, he's just amazing. But the thing is, you know, when you're going through the storm, you need to just realize that the storm does not last forever. That's storms right. come and storms go, but we have to hold on. You know, just like the, the the album, hold on to your dreams. Don't give up. Don't give up. See, there's always that negative voice telling you, oh, just give up, just quit, just go do this, just go do that. That's not going to help a thing. We're all affected by the choices we make. The good choices make us stronger, make us better. The bad choices are destructive, you know, again, to our life. And we just have to, you know, we have to stay, we have to stay strong like you did. And for all those out there that are listening, if you're battling cancer or battling some disease, listen, God healed my dad. They told him that he would never, ever, um, his kidneys would never work again. They said, you'll be on kidney dialysis the rest of your life. The rest of your life, Jackson. Well, God healed him miraculously. My dad is a very honest man. He said he saw an angel at the foot of his bed, and he said <laughs> it sounded like a water hose went off, and the angel just disappeared right in front of his eyes. Just wow. He appeared, four eyes disappeared, and the doctor came in and said, Mr. Jackson, you've just experienced a miracle. You know, She said, your kidneys are working again, and he's never no. had to take medications. I know a lady right down the road now, Hush, but she lives about 30 minutes away from me. She got addicted to alcohol because she was on some, you know, she was really drinking some hard liquor and stuff like that. And she developed Mm -hmm. cirrhosis liver. And the doctors told her she had three months to live. A year later, she's still alive. And when she went to the doctor about a week ago, the doctor told her, Rose, um, you don't need a liver transplant anymore. Your liver has completely recovered. Um, your liver looks great. You know, people are healed today. They're healed by God, you know, and, and that's the thing. And sometimes God allows you to go through a surgery or something like that. But like you just right. said, Crystal, you know, listen, what don't kill you makes you stronger. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Woo! All right, we just got a sermon. <laughs> Tonight. <laughs> yeah, well, that's all right. Sometimes we need to hear a sermon, you know. <laughs> that's right. Sometimes we need it. And when we need it, guess what? It is right there for us. Thank you so much, Donna, for coming on to the show. I was blessed by hearing you. And we're going to be blessed um, by hearing this song by Donna called The Pastor's Song. And first, I want to make sure everyone knows uh, to go to Donna, to see her website um, at djmin.org and check her out, her music, check out all of the ministry that she does. And um, again, thank you so much, Donna, for coming on to the show. We appreciate it. God bless you, Crystal. God bless you. Thank you. And all right, now let's get into a pastor's song.
you're here We know you're in his hands Your message from the word Touches all the very soul We've seen your faithfulness And we want you to know Pastor, we love you We appreciate all you do And God sees the sacrifice You made for Jesus Christ And you pray for the lost And God leads them to the cross And we know one day You'll hear your Father say My child, well done My child Here's the burden you bear The Lord's by your side Blesses all that you do Through the good and bad times He'll see you through We'll be right back. No, no, really, we'll be back. Let me explain how the Talk to Q radio show works. The show is a platform for the listeners, the callers, the chat room participants, the social networkers. All of you have the opportunity to voice, chat, or tweet your opinions to Q and be heard worldwide and completely uncensored because on T2Q there are no experts just opinions unlike most shows where you simply listen to the host Q allows you the opportunity to speak your mind on a topic you can join his show legends each episode and discuss a wide range of things like 
current events, sports, relationships, and more. The Talk to Q radio show is very informal by design and is like a conversation at a bar amongst friends. The topics can be random, but they're relevant to what's going on in the world today. If you don't call in, then another way you can contribute to the show is to follow him on Twitter at talk to q There is a live tweet chat that occurs during most shows, and you can respond to the same questions that he's asking over the air. The Talk to Q radio show, Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern. No experts, just opinions. Make sure you go to t2qradio.com. That's the letter T, the number 2, the letter Q, and radio.com. t2qradio.com. Jackson call pastor song. Amy, what did you think of the song? Well, Crystal, actually I had Shaughnessy come over here and take a photo of it, and I will tweet it to you um, when okay. the show's over. Uh-huh. My cat, my cat sat here on the couch next to me and just stared at my phone listening <laughs> to her sing. Oh, yeah. Fussy Bear Flat enjoyed listening to her. He was just mesmerized. Wow. Hearing her voice singing coming out of my phone. I was like, Shorty, come get a picture of this. (laughs) (laughs) But, wow, she's beautiful. And, you know, Crystal, I've been going through a a lot, I mean, recently and, and, and over the past year and a half. And I really, really needed to hear you know what she was saying and 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 everything because it it's tough when you're when you're battling an illness and and battling you know uh just different things like I told you when I first called in this yeah. week has been the day that would not end <laughs> and, and oh so, my goodness um, well you know what you know- I'll back down what she um had to say and you know and also what Dennis had to say about you know hanging in there and and staying strong and staying true to what you want i mean to be honest that what she had to say really touched me because um of course you know me battling you know cancer and everything and i still have treatments i i have to go through but um even just in my work life, you know, I this week, and you talk about Mondays, this week was similar to me as well because I was just, you know, it just seemed like one thing right after another at yeah. work. And I was like, I was needing to hear, you know, don't give up, just keep going, you know, because that's exactly what was in my head was, you know, I'm done. <laughs> you know, I'm, you know, I'm sick of this. And I, I said to myself, I just, sometimes I want to, I just want to go to bed and just, you know, uh, 
especially on Mondays. I don't know. You know, it's, remember Garfield, I hate Mondays. But this week has been the Monday that would would not end, and it's just been a 20-minute plumbing job turned into four days of having to replace all the crap under my kitchen sink. Oh, I had to no. go in for injections this week in my back. Mm. Um, just uh, my kitchen was tore apart and didn't have any, have any water. I had to shut the water off and oh, you know, <laughs> just got... <laughs> Things got crazy this week. I'm glad to see it come to an end. But yeah, I really this has been a, a really uh, you know great show tonight. Um, you know that movie script that I'm mm-hmm. writing. You know, is the yeah, is the yeah. true story of of my life, my 15 years as a dancer, the people I encounter, the things I encounter, but. This is going to come across more like a Lifetime movie, but without the shitty integrity of Lifetime, because I don't think too highly of the integrity of Lifetime. But some of of their... But when you're right, when you're right, when you're doing something based on conformity like that, you got to cram several years into two hours. Well, that's, so that's how my story will come across. But it'll be real, and that's why. I, and I read this online that people don't want to to deal with like. If I if, if you were a producer and I brought you the script and everything, they just mm-hmm. want me to sell them my script. They're going to direct it. They're going to do this, and they're going to do No, uh-uh. I want the control because I want the scenes done. I want everything to go down exactly as it happened. And that's, pro- that's probably why, in actuality, Amy, that when a, um, a production company – they they buy the rights to the story and and as opposed to um letting the writer actually uh-huh. be a part of it they'll just buy the rights and then I know and see, that's not you, the way I want to do right. it so I think the one that is independent film is the way to go yeah yeah and um you remember the movie that came out just now it came out um the light what was it the um, Oh, what was it? Light between our stars, or stars? What was it? Everything. The fault. The fault between the stars. Yes. The fault between the stars. Fault in our stars. That movie yeah. actually, the um, the writers of that movie, um, they they sold the rights to the movie for it to be made. They didn't. They don't get any royalties after that. But they they sold the rights to it, and they were on YouTube. They're just YouTubers, and they wrote this um, beautiful story. But uh, but yeah, that's a lot of times what happens. Do you, that way they can take it and they can do with it what they want to in order to make it into a movie. Right. And, and so the way that I would never sell this story to Lifetime, even though it would you know make an amazing Lifetime style show, uh, you know movie. Um, I don't think too highly of the integrity of of some of the stuff that goes on 
at Lifetime. I know that when they did the Anna Nicole story, they never consulted Howard. They never mm-hmm. consulted Kimmy, Kimmy. They never consulted Larry Burkhead. Larry Burkhead was pissed. Yeah. He was pissed. Yeah. And then, um, um, and they the did a couple of movies um, what's the one? Brittany Murphy. The Brittany Murphy story. Her family was pissed. And you know what? Overall speaking of that, um, I think uh, a Aaliyah story is actually going to be made. And that comes out, I believe, this weekend or next yeah. weekend. And I believe that's yeah. life as well. And, but the family hated it. And they didn't want it to be mm-hmm. made. But I don't know what happened. Maybe le- legally they were still had the right to make it. Just like with the Whitney Houston story that is being right. made right now. The family hates it, don't want it to be made. But I know, and that's not fair. I mean, I would think that they, I mean, these people that have passed on, like Anna Nicole and Whitney and Aaliyah and Brittany Murphy and them, you know, looks like their families would have some kind of control over it. But I guess because, I mean, if I wanted to write a book about Kanye West, there's mm-hmm. not a damn thing he can do about it, really. Yeah, I mean, it's it authorized. Um, I know, and I, I just, I don't. Yeah, and I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like that that's, kind of integrity. That's that's not my style. That's not yeah, the way I, don't know I why that, That's able to be done, but it, I guess, it is. You know, of course, there's so many books that are unauthorized. They write. Whatever they want, um, they just, you know, take from whatever, and then they put it together. And there you have it, and there's there's the uh, book. So, yeah. and then that book, from that book, you can make that into a movie. And they, they, yeah. they'll flash unauthorized whatever based on the mm-hmm. unauthorized. But that's all, but you can still, I mean, half the people are not reading that. They're just watching the movie, and they think, this is gospel, this is... This is what happened. I know. You know? I know. Yeah, it's not fair. So, I mean, you know, whether I ever, whether this, my story ever gets, you know, put on any kind of film or anything, I still yeah. want to write. I still want to finish writing it. You know, talking with him, it really, you know, encouraged me. I need to get back in the zone and I need to to write. Like I said, I'm I'm handwriting this out. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, hand, hand notebook, old school, pen and paper, writing it out. And the you know there was a there was a lot of stuff that I didn't get into um, on Talk to Q when I did when I told my story about mm-hmm. some of the you know things that I went through and what I saw and experienced, you know, the mental mental illness with with girls, abuse by their husbands, boyfriends, drug abuse, the fights Mm -hmm. between the girls. Um, My friend Baby Doll referred to herself as a third person and, um, you know, and then, but really, this is it's my story of how I got into it, and then I meet Heather, 
and it's it's our journey. It's mine and her journey, and then it ends, you know, with us together, you know, 20 years later. Hmm. So. Okay. And I really, I really want, um, I really want, if I were able to put this on screen, I would want Shanti to play me. I would want Shanti well, to be me. And her well, best friend, Kirsten, to play Heather. Oh, God. Well, thing, I know. She's like, um, I don't think so, Mom. <laughs> but uh, what, I think what you should do, Amy, is, um, like Dennis was saying, go ahead, finish writing it. Get it written out. Um, and when you do, if you wanted to get her, your best friend, to do the screenplay, make sure she understands how to write a screenplay because a screenplay has its own dialogue. It, you know, it, right. it has language to it. It's and that's method. where I want to have to call in for some help. I've got a friend, um, and, and, and um, his name is Kelly Dudaw, and he did a movie called Factor Eight. It's um, about the prison blood cow scandal here in Arkansas where um, there was uh, dirty blood sold from, taken from inmates, and it was sold, and people contracted hepatitis and AIDS and all that. He did a wonderful movie. So I'm thinking, and he's he's actually re-releasing it um, right now and done an extended version. It's it's great. It's well. It's, I think it's, it's, a, it's a great story. It's to talk to and um, ask either help and advice or actual. Maybe he can help um, write it because I I tell you one thing. I'm a novelist and I uh-huh. not even. Well, wasn't it you that suggested I write a book? Yeah, of course I I am. Yeah. <laughs> because I but I would never do a screenplay because I don't know how to do that or you know any kind of screen. So well, I don't either. I mean, those kind of people who understand the language of of a screenplay because when you write a screenplay, well, you're not you're also kind of directing everything. You're you're saying where it's going to be, the panning in, and it's it's a whole different <laughs> thing. So. um but yeah, I say keep up with that and keep us informed and get him involved and get people that you know involved and um, keep going at it. Yeah, because it could be the next bestseller <laughs> out there for sure. Yeah, you know, um, I even thought about because Chauncey, you know, wanting to go to college and everything with film, and I thought, you know, if she did made like for a college project, if she had to make. A film, and I don't know how well this story would go over. Yeah. These schools are getting fucking ridiculous mm-hmm. over their dumb shit, especially Shaughnessy's school right now. Um, half the kids couldn't be in the Daggum Talent Show because they got their lyrics um, to the songs they wanted to do were rejected. Her friend Jackson got rejected. He was trying to do a Foo Fighters song. And I was like, well, hell, no wonder he got rejected. It's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, gosh. They first into a convent. Everything well, offends everybody now. Song lyrics, things that people say, just do, just everything. What has happened? 
Well, with that. Every, everything does uh, uh, tend to offend somebody. The only difference is, is that before, we didn't have as many outlets now to talk about it. Right. Like we, didn't, we didn't have uh, Twitter and Facebook and, you know, whatever else to just get online and talk about it. And and now mm-hmm. it's where people ignored everything that ha- that was said online because they said, oh, well, those are just people online. But now as soon as you say something, it is picked up by major networks and someone hears about it and then next thing you know, someone's lawyer is calling you. So it's not. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just nuts. I'm like, what would we have done in the 80s? I tell Shauncee, I'm like, you kids are missing out. I said, we had so much fun doing air band contests. And at, we had an air band contest when I went to high school where she goes to school. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's all the 80s was, was sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I mean, uh, you couldn't right. get they wanted to get Sing Doctor Feel Good no more. <laughs> you know. All right. Well, speaking of Doctor Feel Good, we're going to listen to our lovely Eminem, and where he explains yes. kind of. We're going to go from the Lord to Eminem. So, uh, <laughs> oh Lord, God on, help us all. God help us all, all on one show. And I do want to say that. One of the reasons why I uh, I do have Pimp's um, perspective on this show is because I want all women, especially, to hear what he has to say about Y'all quit barking. Because Pimp us tell us about what men think. And the yeah. Pimp thinks is actually a lot of men actually think. So I want I want girls and women to listen to the things that he has to say on his on I love listening to Eminem talk, you know, he's he's real, he's honest, um, you know, he just he calls it like he sees it. Um, you know, he can get crazy and out there or he can get downright and serious, you know, and that's that's what I love about him. Him and Ray both. Oh, yeah, well, Ray is another story. But anyway, uh, we listen to, <laughs> well, let's listen to um, uh, The Pimp's Perspective by Eminem, um, and the subject is Pimps versus Madams. All right, ladies and gents, today's perspective is going to be a education on something that a lot of you all probably have been curious of over the years, then maybe not, depending on how square you are. Someone asked me a few weeks ago, like, man, what's the difference between a pimp and a madam? I, I laughed. I'm like, what's the difference? Listen to the word, you know. Pimp means you dominate. I mean, you totally control. Madam Think about what madam is. Depending on the time period, you might open the door for a lady and be like, hi, excuse me, madam, would you like to sit down? So would you consider a madam, just the word madam alone, does that sound like you're being dominated? No, it doesn't. Pimp is at the top of the food chain when it comes to 
fleshly connoisseuring, human management. We at the top of the food chain. Now, I knew quite a few madams, and they were good at what they did. But basically, two madams I I actually put out there myself were two chicks that I pretty much put put in retirement. Basically, a madam too old to sell pussy, and they played out and they just burn out. But because of the the knowledge they have learned from what I like to refer to myself and guys in my former profession as street psychologists, because they have learned the game. They were once our bottom bitches. They know the lingo. They know the flow. They know how to lure in the tricks, so to speak. Most of them, they're not too too savvy on the legal system. So what they like to do, back in the day, they set up bordellos and pretty much ran them. You call them, you know, hen houses or whatever, depending on what, what, what part of the land you're in. What they do now, and I'm referring to the madams, guys, ladies, they'll rent out a hotel or whatever, put in their name, and they'll just lure in the girls that's pretty much trying to get away from their pimp or, you know, they done got, you know, too shallow on how to bring in the money like they're supposed to, and they'll feel this refuge, and the madam will just sit back and just collect. There's really not an art form to being a madam, you know, besides, you know, most women don't fear other women like that. Now, I know some madams that are pistol whip a hoe just as fast as a nigga would, but a lot of times they don't have to do that because they use a word that we never use, and a lot of times they compromise. You know, they have these hoes, you know, they bring, bring them in thinking like, oh, I'm going to treat you better than in, in this house. You don't have to do this, this, and this. They lure them in like that, whereas we, you know, we have to kind of court the situation. You know, we have to find out internally what's going on with your ass. You know, we have to figure out our angle, and once we figure out your weakness, then we exploit your weakness. We feed you and stab you at the same time. You know, that takes... A lot of um, practice. It takes a lot of cunning. It takes a lot of wit. It takes a lot of charm. It takes a lot of uh, understanding mannerism. It, it takes a lot of understanding tone, understanding need or want, missing parts of social portions of one's life. This all comes from pimping. A madam doesn't offer that. Now, I think this was about the year 1999. I never personally met Big Lex, but Big Lex was a was a female by birth. And Brent Owens, in his documentary, Pimps Up, Pimps Holes Down, you know, she was considered a female pimp. You know, Big Lex is cool and everything, but a pimp is really a man, you know. But, but for the most part, if you take anything from the understanding, a madam... It's pretty much just a burnt out bottom bitch who's trying to make money. She done got too old to make uh too, too old to sell pussy. And a pimp is a a extraordinary gentleman. Some refer to him as a professional gentleman of leisure. It's all kind of other accolades about it. Cops try to use it all derogatory and stuff, but if you can pimp someone, that is the highest order in the book. Simple as that. So hopefully you got something from this knowledge that was blessed upon you and the more you know the more you grow and the less she know the more she a hoe so if you're still in the game keep that in mind Ooh, yeah, baby. oh my god <laughs> Ooh, well, i would say that there is definitely knowledge in what he has to say because I think every woman should listen to what he's saying because 
when you think about a pimp, the pimp is the extreme. There's plenty of men who think they, you know, who act the same way as a pimp, except for they may not be, you know, getting money from you, although some may be. But it's really, they do the same things. And I know I do want him to do a segment uh, regarding the difference between a pimp and a player, which is, you know, because I want to... I want to get into that because it's so similar. There's so many guys out here who, who, who call themselves pimps, but they're not really pimps, of course. But, you know, they act the same way towards women. They they trick them and they say what they have to say. They You do what they have to do to get them in bed. And young girls, they don't know. They don't know the signs to look for and the things to hear. So that's why... You know, when you listen to the pimp's perspective, you know, maybe you should listen to what your boyfriend is saying to you because your boyfriend is probably saying exactly and doing exactly the same thing. So so there's a little knowledge for young girls out there. All right. I do want to say thank you so much, Amy, for coming on to the show tonight. And um, I enjoyed it. Thank you so much for chiming in with me. Um, Dre will be back next week. He um, had a test tomorrow, and he had to study, and that is important. <laughs> so, he, so he could not be on the show tonight, but he'll be back next week. And next week we will have Michelle Barnum's um, advice for a young lady uh, it's called Desperate in Detroit. And no, that's not me. But Desperate in Detroit, she wrote in, and she had a very, very interesting question. Her question was about she's married, and she's pregnant, and she can't have sex with her husband. She doesn't want to anyway because it makes her sick. She's had a very um, very sick kind of ill, you know, um, pregnancy where she just, you know, her morning sickness and all that is just – you know, it's just been a very bad pregnancy. Some of us have good ones. Some of us have bad ones. It's always different. Um, but anyway, she doesn't want to be intimate with her husband because of that. So she told her husband, you can be with somebody else during this time, but she regrets it. So she um, Yeah, yeah. So she wrote in, and that's the question that ain't uh, – that, um, Michelle is going to answer, and she did. I think she did a very good job answering it. So we'll um, we'll go ahead and we'll listen to her next week, and as well next week we will also have on Ruben Wood, who is the owner of Spaced Out Magazine, and a New York rapper, Hershey Hershey Doll, um, and these are our entrepreneur types of people. And they're young and they're doing their thing. They're in their twenties, and I want to kind of showcase our young people who are out there doing what they have to do to make it so you got to start early and i'm glad they are because sometimes we don't realize what we want to do until we're 30 or 40 years old which is so sad (coughs) and i should know but um that's what happens but anyway so thanks you everyone for uh coming on to the show thank you dennis ho um, for for coming on to the show and make sure that everyone goes out and take a look at a better place and remember you can check out 
the movie's trailer, and um, you can also go on IMDb and check out the the trailer and the stars that are on the sh- on the movie. And he is on a better place, the movie dot com. Also, thanks so much for Donna Jackson for coming on to the show, and her email address. I mean, her address, her official website is D. DJMIN, which is Donna Jackson Ministries.org. So DJMIN.org. And check out her song, um, which was, she has a new album out, and the song Pastor Song is on there, as well as um, more of her um, wonderful ministry and gospel. And we got a little little sermon tonight, which was wonderful, and we all needed it. I know I needed it. And um, so um, anyone who is listening to the show, make sure that you listen also on Saturdays because we have a Saturday show, which is a weekend rewind. And we have mainly music from people who have come on to the show, different artists have come on to the show, plus a speckling of other artists um, who are out there. So just, you know, check it out. And listen to the Saturday show. We're getting lots of listenings for that. I think everybody just loves music and they just like listening. And um, each week we have a different theme. And this week is going to be called Crystal's Love Life. So lots of sad songs. <laughs> so, <laughs> so <anyway. laughs> yeah. Lots of sad, sad songs. But um, I'll try to throw in a few inspirational stuff too. But anyway, towards the end. You know, when we when we learn after listening. Hey, you need to play my and my husband's song, Unforgiven 2 by Metallica. That's our song. Unforgiven 2? Uh-huh. Okay. There's Unforgiven, Unforgiven 2, and I think there's Unforgiven 3, actually. Uh-huh. Okay, well, I'll write that down and see if I can. It's, it's Unforgiven 2 by Metallica. Metallica. Okay. I will see if I can get that one in the in the roller. Decks there. All right. Um, everyone, thank you so much for um, listening to the show. Thank you so much for um, listening to the podcast. Remember, The Crystal Show airs weekly on Thursday nights and on Saturdays, Thursday nights at 9 p.m. and Saturdays by 6 p.m. And um, all you have to do is go on to thecrystalshow.com to keep up with what's coming up and all of the guests that are coming up. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you so much, Amy. And we will check you next week. And peace. Two fingers. It's the weekend, and you're chilling with Crystal from The Crystal Show. Crystal.